What's up, everybody? <laughs> I should just leave it on and let the chattering. Let them wonder what the fuck they're hearing. And so Walker White makes another appearance. And welcome to the show. <laughs> You're listening to Band to the Real Life Misadventures of Rick Dunsford and Friends. Uh, we got a really good show today. Um, before we get started, I was watching the intro. Can you guess all of the people that are in that intro and those mug shots? Uh, that your face is photoshopped over. Was uh, one of them Axel? I think so. I know one of them is Jerry Lee Lewis. One of them uh, Elvis? I believe so. Let's roll it again. <laughs> okay, so one of them is Johnny Cash. And one of them's Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't remember who the other two are. I think Elvis is one of them. Who's the one in the vest? In the vest? Um, yeah, there's someone in the vest without a shirt on. I just wearing a vest. It was like a village. That's Jerry Lee. The skinny one? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Jerry Lee Lewis. They're all celebrity. Guessing. They're all rock star mug shots. I like it. I knew that this would be a rock and roll kind of themed show, so... We used Rockstar mugshots. They're not actually Rick's mugshot. No, 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 no. No. I don't have a copy of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have a copy of that. <laughs> if I did, I'd frame it and hang it in my office next to my Minerva poster. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, how, much, uh, that's how much love I got for you there, bud. But uh, today, speaking of Minerva, we're actually going to be talking about the show that would begin the process of creating Minerva. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, this is where uh, it was inspired from, pretty much. Uh, and a lot of people won't know what Minerva is right now. You know, just listen to this. But it's a music festival that uh, I ended up hosting in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. I did for a few years, and uh, before I had kids and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, and it was it was a big deal for the area. But it has a lot of even those, <laughs> even with the festivals and everything. I'm going to tell you guys, when we get to those stories of Minerva, that is going to be an epic episode. That's the climax, right? I don't know, man. That could be. I don't know how we top that. I really don't. <laughs> it's I don't some, know. It's just so bizarre, man. I, I just remember thinking, like, how the heck did this happen? You know what I mean? How did I get myself in this crowd? Well... To, to get yourself into this crap, <laughs> you have to start out at St. Patty's Day. Now, you, you hosted a lot of your events at Good Time Charlie's. And um, this one this one was also at Good Time Charlie's. Is that right? No, no, no. This one was at uh, the Main Street. Uh, it was called Benjamin's Bar and Grill. And then it turned into Main Street Bar and Grill. And then I don't oh, okay. Know what, I, don't know I, mean, I love that venue. Yeah, it was I a love cool It was like a three-story bar, and um, mm-hmm. you know, but like the whole reason for that whole show to even come about was because I wanted a uh, Marky Ramones Blitzkrieg to come play Tupelo, 
And to be honest, I didn't feel confident, but them being able to sell out a, a venue by themselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I was able to get their first U.S. show because of Michael Graves was the singer for the band. And so that friendship right there helped me land the first show, uh, first public show uh, in the U.S. Can I ask you a question about Blitzkrieg? Yeah. Why? Okay, so I get all the Ramones are dead except for Marky, but having one original member has never stopped any other band from just calling themselves... Why not just call it the Ramones and fucking sell the place out? Because that oh, would sell out. Yeah, well, the reason why is because uh, Marky was actually uh, an original member. It was uh, Tommy Ramone was the original member, but Tommy was replaced by Marky later on. Marky was never able to get a... Marky and Joey never were... Would never see eye to eye. And if you want a good listen, Google Marky Ramone and Joey Ramone fighting on the Howard Stern show. It is the funny. I'm telling you, man, it is the the funniest thing I've ever heard, man. It's just so ridiculous <laughs> that these like 40, 50 year old men are sitting there fighting like children on this uh, radio show, and that's <laughs> and that's essentially what they're doing. So, and when she listen to that, man, you kind of listen, and you'll be like, "All right, well, obviously there was no love lost between these guys. They all hated each other." And uh, so, uh, that's I guess that's the reason why because uh, t- uh, oh, because shit. Marky- sorry, I'm gonna. I was wondering what I was hearing outside, and we just got a surprise thunderstorm. Hell yeah! Okay, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but if you if you guys uh, hear something rumbling in the background, that's what's going on. So I apologize. I'm just but, I'm just hungry. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, that too, no. yeah. But proceed. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, you good, bro? Um, so you know, like uh, that's the reason why they couldn't use the name of the Ramones, but. Uh, you know, when I did the advertisement, all I wanted people to see was just the name Ramones, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, so, like, I was able to secure them a date, and I, it was really, it was like, I believe it was all St. Patrick's Day. And uh, my idea was to, you know, get the biggest, like, bar in town, you know, or, like, the largest, you know, that can hold the most people, you know? And then yeah. I remember that, look at that bar, it was, I believe the capacity was, a, it was a pretty good capacity, it was three levels, and I figured there's a lot I could do with that, you know what I mean? I would, uh... I would book bands for all day long, uh, starting at noon, and just uh, you know, just to bring in enough revenue, you know, what I mean, to support the cost of uh, Marky and then all the other bands playing. But um, okay. go ahead. So when you say that all you wanted people to say was see was Ramones on the flyer, did you put like Marky Ramones Blitzkrieg? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, whatever uh, the whatever. The word Ramones would be used to advertise that was definitely uh bold and uh and project a lot larger, you know. So uh um, right. Yeah, so that's why I, I did that for the aver- radio advertisements, uh, uh the print material. So but uh you know, so that was my idea with the festival, you know, it was uh there was only one plan just to do this one show. Um uh, but I remember whenever I was working to get the show secure, I know Tommy Hilfiger was working to uh, secure Blitzkrieg's, uh, Marky Ramon's Blitzkrieg's first show in the U.S. because uh, he wanted, uh, he wanted, he was launching a Ramon's uh, clothing line. Oh. And he wanted, and he wanted Marky Ramon and his band to come and perform in his store for the launch of uh, the clothing line. So that's what I was competing against to try to get the first show here, you know? So when. Was there a bidding war or what? What was going well, on? 
I remember me and Michael were emailing back and forth. He was telling me Hillfinger's trying to get the show, and then uh, Michael was vouching for me. Um, I ended up, I ended up securing the show, um, and it was like it was pretty dang expensive. I remember because we had to fly them all in. It was just like a straight up one off show, but it was cool though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I remember uh, being at the show, man. It was so funny though because I let I gave Marky and Michael my vehicle. And so, like, I was out there at the venue all day, you know. Then, you know, uh, randomly, I see my, I see my uh, Explorer drive right by, and <laughs> Mike was driving it. Marky just has his legs on the dashboard, just sitting there chilling in my car. <laughs> so they like, they like jacked your car. Yeah, they they jacked. I think they went to Elvis's birthplace for the day. Uh, just went to look at all the Elvis crap in town, you know. That's what the way, they milk it. We should tell. Yeah, they really do milk Elvis. We should tell people that this, uh, this, it's called the St. Patty's Day Music Festival. It happened at uh, Main Street, well, what would become Main Street Bar and Grill. And the date of the event was March 17th, 2009. How wild is that? 2009, I knew it was a while back. Yeah, what, 13? Yeah, 12, 13 years ago, something like that. He does want to. That was actually one of my favorite shows that I've done. Uh, I'll, I actually enjoyed that one more than just uh, the Minerva shows and everything because um, this show right here, man, it was uh, it's probably like the least stressful show I've ever done. It was stress very and it was just like a lot of fun. You know what I mean? It was by far the most fun I've had at doing a show. So who all besides... Uh, Michael Graves is a member of Blitzkrieg. Is it like a super group like Velvet Revolver? Um, you had a it was a it was a guy named Alex Kane. Uh, he he's like in a band called Enough's Enough. He's got a couple of other bands that he's in, like uh, and then there was a, another lady named uh, Claire. Uh, she was in the, she was in there too. Uh, she I forgot what band she was with. Um. They're like mostly like their backgrounds would be more like punk bands or, you know, so like if you're real big into punk, you might be able to find them, you know, like, like Cali Punk. Oh, okay. What about, uh, what led to um, Marky Ramon? Well, I, actually, I got to ask this because I know when people come to town, you like to give them, uh, you like to feed them crawfish. Did you feed, <laughs> did you feed Marky Ramon crawfish? I don't think Marky Ramon did, but, uh, I know I gave Chud and Michael uh, crawfish. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Mean... Well, the story behind the crawfish was, like, I mean, they look, people that are not from the South probably don't even ever see crawfish, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, we were sitting there talking about it one day with, uh, I was talking about with Michael one day, and uh, he was telling me he's never had it before, so I went, I got the, I got some fresh crawfish, uh, you know, some, some good ones, some good ones with meat in it, you know, um, and I remember bringing it to uh, his hotel, and then that was the first time that him and uh, I guess his crew's ever tried crawfish. And then Chud came in town, and I took him to uh, a restaurant that was serving it. And that was his first time ever having it. So it's just kind of like a theme, you know what I mean? If an uh, artist or something never had crawfish, uh, <laughs> and they want to try it, you know what I mean? I would uh, definitely uh, treat him to some. So while Marky was in town, well, how long, first off, how long was Marky in town? It was, uh, he arrived the day before the event, and then uh, we did St. Patty's Day, and then the next morning, we went, uh, I took him back to Memphis. Uh, I remember I had him a limo rented for the, 
to pick them up from the airport and to take them back. Okay. Does, um, during the time that he was around, you know what I'm going to ask. Did you ever get to see Marky Ramone without... Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I did ask. Uh, I did ask Michael about it, and uh, he just kind of smiled at it. You know, tell, you know, tell me that he's seen it without it. <laughs> so Michael confirmed it was a wig. Okay. Oh, dude, come on, man. What? Who else has hair like that? <laughs> like we needed that confirmation. It's the exact same hairstyle. I mean, it don't grow. It it doesn't it doesn't do nothing. Man. You don't get haircuts. It's just you don't see no gray hairs. <laughs> oh man! So he wears so he wears the wig everywhere. Then does he yeah. have more than one? Like, did you notice that it change or anything, or was it always that same uh, that same hair? Like when he's riding around in the car. Is he wearing a less quality wig? Or what, like... Man, honestly, it was just kind of like... Whenever I first picked him up, you know, I was a... You know, I was like a... I'm a big fan of the Ramones, so... I was just kind of like... And wow, you know what I mean? Like, this is awesome. You know, just uh, hanging out with Marky. Yeah. Riding with him. Um, and we were just... You know, we are sitting there talking about... Because uh, they played a couple of shows in, like, South America. With Blitz Creek. Nice. And uh, they were talking about the fandoms, the fandom out there that once the show was over, that people were like literally just surrounding their vehicles, trying to tear it open to get in. You know, it was just, you know, they're t- they describing the fan base down there, which is so totally different than what it is in the U.S. You know, like, because you don't have people that are like as fanatic out here, you know, as you do like in somewhere like South America. You know, that people just absolutely worship these guys, you know? Almost a thank God, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like it was a, it was pretty cool though. Like uh, I remember picking up Marky the day before. Uh, I would always uh, every time I would fly someone in, you know, I'd always get a limo for them and have them uh, brought back to Tupelo. Uh, so you know, like hanging out with Marky, you know, uh, I had my brother. He came with me, and uh, and my buddy Jake rode with us. Uh, Jake Wood, you know, to come pick up Marky. Jake Wood. Yeah, uh, and that was uh, I probably Jake man because that's like the biggest punk rock man I know. So I figured, Jake you know, Wood is a, I wouldn't say necessarily a legend, but he is definitely one of those guys that, at least, when Tupelo had a decent music scene, Jake Wood was one of the old reliable guys that was always. Uh, he'd always show up, he'd always play, you could probably book him at a fucking, uh, 10 minutes notice. Like, <laughs> yeah, call yeah. him, hey, you gonna play? Yeah, I'll come out. You know, like, so. Yeah, when? Right now. Oh, I'm on my way. I, I, even had, I got him a show in New Jersey before. Oh, wow. He's yes. really good, though, like, I mean, I, I don't know why he, he didn't do... I like I his mean, positive. I, guess, I like the positive energy he has. You know what I mean? Like he's always real positive, dude. Oh yeah, really, really nice guy. Uh, but, he he went with us to. Um, it was uh, Slash, wasn't it? Yes. Jake uh, went to us with. Yeah, 2010. The okay. Boy, yeah, he met Slash too. That's right. 
Okay, so it was Jake then. Okay. Yeah, I get, I get mixed up who went with with us where because there's been so many at this point. Well, uh, you know, so like with this show, you know, like uh, whenever I had Mark and Ramon in a book, I had no idea that this was going to be like a festival yet. You know, so the goal was just to get a day secured. Got the day secured, mm-hmm. then I would figure out the theme around the show. Well, it's St. Patty's Day, and I didn't feel confident with Marky Ramon being able to sell out this venue by himself. So I thought about let's turn it into like an all day event. You know, let's bring in like a, let's put bands on there all day long. You know what I mean? Let's just have like a little St. Patty's Day fest, is the, is the idea here. Um, and it worked. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I ended up getting Whole Wheat Bread booked on the show, which is another band I've talked about in the past on the show. Um, so they kind of co-headlined it with them. I would get like uh, the more popular locals around here, you know, I would have them set up for the upstairs stage, you know, cause I'd have bands playing at the exact same time. I believe we had like over 20 something bands on this bill. Oh, so, nice. I have, so like the second floor I had it set up cause there's three stories here. The second floor, I remember I had, I had like my, uh, I brought my PlayStation, whatever. I think it was three with the, <laughs> uh, with the whole rock band set up, you know, and just had like had that going on in the second level, the 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 third level, you know, had like uh, the Spunk Monkeys, all your bigger local type bands, you know. Oh yeah, I love Spunk Monkeys. Yeah, only band. Know. It's the only band I ever got to sing for. <laughs> and then on the first level, I had uh, straight up, you know, just Marky, uh, Holy Bread, you know, a couple of those other uh, bands playing, and. Uh, the show ended up, it was like a, it was a sellout, man. It was, uh, it was packed beyond capacity. You know, I, I couldn't walk from, uh, I couldn't walk from the back room all the way to the front. The only way I could get through was actually walking on that bar to get through. <laughs> were, uh, were you as in high demand as you were at Minerva? Uh, no. Because like, <laughs> I know that. You were pretty busy during uh, during the Minerva Festival, so I just didn't know if it was if it was like that during this one, where you didn't have a second to breathe. Okay, so here's the chick. I'm looking at a picture of her. Yeah, Claire. Yep. Yeah. Oh, she's cute. In a punk rock kind of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little skinny for my taste, but you know, I'm sure she's a badass bass player. And then who else do we got here? That's Grace. That's Graves looking like Bono. Yeah, I know, right? And he's actually a big Bono fan, too. All right, and there's Marky. So if you're watching the video version, I'm kind of going through some of the photos. Hey, but, you like uh, his logo on the drums? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That, that's that's not Ramon-esque at all. You like how they just put the sticker over the, over the brand of the drums? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's punk rock for you, though. Cheap. Yeah. Uh, so when you're going around, what kind of issues do you remember having that kind of arose during this festival? Hey, you see my four leaf clover logo right there in the background? Oh yeah, I've already stolen that. That's gonna be. Uh, hang on, I can pull it up right here. I done I've stole actually, that. Oh, dude, awesome, dude! I've still got that. Uh, I've still got that banner in my uh, shed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't have my Minerva banners. Those were the cool ones, you know, that were, like, enormous. You know, like, I don't have any of those banners. I wish I still kept them. Yeah, they were in the bus, which we'll talk about in the Minerva episode. 
I wonder if that, that band's probably still sitting in that bus waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, if you look at the crowd pictures, all that man, like people really got uh, really enjoyed them. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, uh, man. It looks it's a still and and, and it, it warms my heart to see like the inside of this venue again, like knowing this place. Is, yeah, that, is, that a, is that a really young, soon-to-be Mrs. Dunsford right here in the front row? No, she wouldn't get up there in the front. She wanted to stay uh, on the, the crowd. is way too crazy. She don't like being involved in the crowds that are like, uh, I guess the punk crowd. She don't really like being in those. That kind of like looked like her a little bit. That's why I'm asking from this side, but you can't really tell. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh... If you're interested in purchasing the uh, St. Patty's Day banner, I believe Rick would would be willing to part with it, but it's going to cost you some money. We'll start the bidding at $5,000. <laughs> Dude, there's all we bread right there. Is this match victory? No. I don't know who's... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who any of these people are, man. Like, Look at this facial hair. I don't tell you. It was 2009, all right. Chick's got the swoop hair, the the. the oh, that's hair a cool picture from... above it. The above that guy, you know, like I like that one of players. Like oh that yeah, picture. that is a cool picture. So, who else played? So I know we got the Spunk Monkeys, and I know we got uh, uh, the Ramon or Marky Ramon's uh, Blitzkrieg, and we got uh, yeah, well, we got Holy Bread. Now, keep in mind, before this turned into, like, the uh, music festival that I, was, uh, that I imagined, this was just something that I didn't imagine at first. This was just something to make do until, uh, to get a heads in the door, you know what I mean? So, um, now, whenever I did this, like, it was, uh, the but there was not really a set budget. I guess the budget was the rental equipment, uh, the cost of the bands, you know? And then uh, everything else, you know what I mean, I just kind of, uh, made do with, but, uh, you want to know about some drama that happened with the show? I do remember one thing that uh, me and Marky had a difference about. Oh, Lord. Uh, here we go. Yeah, there's all, I always get myself in this situation. But So <laughs> we had to fly everybody in, okay? And uh, we flew the band, which is four members, and then, I guess, the management. So I remember I booked Michael, Marky's, and their uh, manager's uh, flight together. Now, Claire and Alex, they lived in a different part of the world, and I had to book their flights differently. But their agent had wanted me to book them separately, which I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll book this person's flight on this day at this time. And then I'll book this next person's flight on this day 12 hours later because when he sent it to me, uh, one almost said 12 p.m. and one almost said 12 a.m., you know? And yeah. so and I, I remember replying back, I'm like, are you sure this is correct? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so I just went and booked the flights, and I sent it to him, and he was like, wait a minute. Alex and Claire are supposed to ride together. And I'm like, bro, look at the messages. You told me to book these flights at this time. And then so he was looking at it, and he realized that was his mistake that he made, you know? So uh, he wanted me to uh, rebook the flight for one of the members, and it was like going to be like 500 bucks or whatever. And I remember messaging him, telling him, like, well, is this coming out of the guarantee because this is not my fault here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't budget, I didn't budget for another flight, you know? And uh, I remember he said, well, let me get back with Mark, and I'll get back with you. And uh, a few hours later, he got back and said that, yeah, this will come out of the guarantee. Mark, he's cool with it. I'm like, all right, good. So fast forward to the show. Well, fair enough. I mean. 
Yeah, so fast forward to the show. You know, we're uh, I'm paying, I'm doing the payout to everybody. Uh, I told Mark, yes, here's your money. I said, now, uh, so I forgot the guy's name, but told me that uh, he made a mistake with the booking the place, and he uh, said that this 500 will come out of the guarantee because I had to book two separate, two two of the same flights at different times. Well, immediately when I saw that, Mark, he was like. He got real hostile immediately. Like, uh, I guess he thought that uh, he was getting chipped or whatever. So mm-hmm. I just get, I gave him, you know, keep him happy. I gave him all the money. I'm like, look, you need to speak with your agent guy. And I said, we'll settle this tomorrow. You know, like, just because everything it was real busy at the time. So yeah. I told him, I said, get, I said, get with, I remember the dude's name at the time. I don't remember it now. It's been so long ago. But I remember talking, get back with him, and then we'll discuss it tomorrow. I need so, my $500. It was something like that. He said he was it was it was pretty angry, man. It was just kinda like he was smiling to anger all of a sudden. I'm like, man, he's pretty, just, he's pretty mad about this five hundred, but Yeah, that wig, you better watch out. Some of them wigs are flammable. Oh just the smoke in them ears too So the next morning when I went to go pick him up at his hotel, he told me, he said, I need you to come in here for a minute and I'm like, All right. And he apologized to me. He said I made a mistake and I wanna apologize and then he gave me my five hundred back. And then we shook on it, man. It was pretty cool, you know. Like, I mean, he admitted that yeah, he was out of line, you know. And then, uh, you know, so that was uh, that was the only issue that we had, you know, which he quickly apologized and made things right, you know. Well, that's good. I mean, like, we make fun of him, but he's he seems like a decent enough guy. I mean. Yeah, I do that. He's they were all stand-up guy. Yeah, they were all super nice, you know, and just uh, real friendly. Uh, but, uh, so, all right, you probably know this. You know, driving from Tupelo to Memphis, uh, there's a sign that says "Flicks." It's a yellow sign that says "Flicks." But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think so, but it's been yes, yes, and and the and the L and the I are really close together. So it looks and, like a U. Yes, and it's that font, the font where the I doesn't have any lines on the top, neither does the L. So, yeah. So, all right, so here's another good story. Like, uh, I was taking them back home, or back to the airport, and uh, we passed this sign. I thought Marky about broke his neck looking at it, and he was like, you guys see that sign? You know, like, telling everybody, did you guys see that sign? You know, uh, I knew what sign he was talking about immediately. I started laughing at him. <laughs> and he was trying to explain to everybody else what the name of the sign was. I actually had to show him, you know, like, tell him, you know, like, well, it's the L... And the I were so close together. That's why it looks like it says that because it looks like the U. It's probably what they were going for when they made that out. Like using that font and everything. But so now every time I go to Memphis, dude, and I pass that sign, that's it's what I think about it. every single time now. <laughs> Marky Ramon in the backseat flipping his shit. Yeah, dude. He's like, he literally tripped out about that. Dude. It was pretty funny. Did Did you have a host or anything for this show? No, uh, I didn't do a host for nothing. Like I said, it was just uh, there wasn't a whole lot of planning process that went into uh, the festival part of it. You know, like it like it did with Minerva. You know, it was just kind of like I wanted this show to happen so badly that I was going to figure out a way to make it work. That where it wasn't going to break the bank for me. Did the local bands that came and played? Did they volunteer their time, or were they uh, also paid out? Well, the way I do with shows like this, man, if every single band was, if there was a payout for every single like band, you know what I mean? It would be, it'd be impossible to do the event, you know what I mean? 
So mm-hmm. the way I did it was because the, the, the event was going to be sold out. It was going to be a packed house no matter what. So everybody wanted to play with Marky Ramon or uh, Holy Brad. You know, people wanted to play with these bands because they knew that they tr- they brought heads in. You know, so that was kind of like essentially the payout. I think I believe the Spunks were. Uh, I believe the Spunks got paid, uh, but I'm not sure exactly. You know, I'll, I, if I'm not mistaken, was, the only guarantees that were said were uh, Marky, Holy Brad, and the Spunks. Well, the Spunks were really good. I mean, especially for a cover band. I mean, you know, like you'd be surprised how how fun that was uh, as far as the show goes. But like, um, so like, hope uh, to me, man, like Holy Bread definitely killed it at that show, man. They they were a, a lot of fun. Everybody really got into that one. You've booked Whole Wheat Bread and Tupelo twice. Which one do you think was the more effective show? This one or Minerva? Actually, I booked them more than twice, bro. Uh, booked them oh, really? Dude, you know, the first time I booked them was like in 2007, I believe. And it was like a, really? uh, it was a little tiny place called the Rockwell Center. And uh, so Tupelo. The, so this is the original Whole Wheat Bread members, right? Yeah. Okay, damn. That's going back. Yeah, dude, so yeah, this is like the original... Uh, after the show, dude, the band the the band members were outside the door, like hustling the CDs for ten dollars. You know what I mean? Like this, <laughs> this was definitely the original uh, lineup. It was a, uh, it was Nick instead of Will on bass. Uh, do well? Do you think that that show, like which show, did the best for Whole Wheat Bread? Like which one? Did they have their best performance? Was the crowd was the most receptive to them? Because the crowd don't know who the fuck these guys are sometimes, most of the time. I would say I, that... Uh, I didn't know say, who the fuck they were when I went and saw them. All right, so the first time I booked them, which was like 2007, uh, I guess the crowd's reaction was just anyone's first reaction to them. You know what I mean? Like, damn, I didn't expect this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is really good. You know, like, this is really awesome. Well, so then, like, you know, once you got a... You got people seeing them and knowing who they were. I brought them back again uh, to play Dr. Loves, uh, where they were playing with Graves and uh, they were playing with uh, Killer Priest of the Wu Tang Clan and some kind of a, a sky band called uh, the Super Villains. But that show right there was probably the one that really got people into Holy Bread around here, uh, exposed them to them. And then I would bring them back to uh, play St. Patty's Day. To co headline with Marky Ramon. And that's had Hearts, of, you know, had Hearts of Hoodlums come out yet? It was around, I think it was around the release time. It was just, it was all that time was like right when the album was coming out. Okay. That was, that was a good album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're both but, good know, albums. I mean, I think Hearts of Hoodlums has a little more feeling in it than the first one but i can't really say that though i I think i just connect more with hearts of hoodlums because i didn't go through some of the life experiences they talk about in um minority uh, rules yeah minority rules to me was like uh i don't know man like that album right there just has a very uh green day feel to it you know like old green day feel you know it was just a very that whole everybody's that pop punk feel you know what i mean and it was uh i really i really enjoyed the uh the police song, man, and uh, I feel like shit. Those are like my two Broke favorite songs. Oh, oh, dude. Okay. Well, the police song, dude, it's just uh, because the police song is just so relevant today. You know what I mean? Like when you oh, go yeah. back and listen to it, you know what I mean? Just like it could be a relevant, it could be a relevant song for today. 
Yeah, let me turn my Somebody's eye. Mr. Fucking Popular all of a sudden. Hey, you guys talking about Minerva? You guys talking about the, the St. Patty's Day Fest? It's this guy. Yeah, it, <laughs> Hang on, but you know what? That's the guy that's messaging Rick right now. <laughs> I don't even know who any of these people are, man. But, uh, you know, like when Holy Bread comes to play the show, though, uh, I would definitely say they were like the show stealer at this at this one. You know, everybody was drunk and really into them. It was just a big party. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what was different about the show. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like work or stress because you know at these shows, dude. You know, like I'm always stressed and I'm always uh, running around. It's just this show, man. It was just kind of like you know, like everything was taken care of. We got the the revenue was generated to uh, have a successful this- event. Is this the one with the van? Is the what? The, the the back of the bus, the back of the van, where all of the shenanigans went down after the show? No, 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 no. Uh, you, wait, hold <laughs> up. Uh, was Whole Wheat Bread? Is this, was it Whole Wheat Bread? Are, are we talking about the apple? Yeah. All right. The apple happened in Birmingham, Alabama with... Uh, okay. MC, uh, with, uh, that guy from, uh, some cartoon show, uh, that on, uh, <laughs> dude, uh, MC Chris, I think, uh, he okay. was on like, what was that, uh, meatball show with the cup that had a face on it on, uh, oh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. That's okay. from that. Yeah. Okay. Another story for another time. I don't want to dwell on it and get people too curious about what we're talking about because it won't make sense. It involves an apple, and I'll just put it that way. It involves an apple, and uh, it confused me at the time, but it uh, it will make sense once the story's told. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, I, I, it was crazy, because, you know, I, I told you before, though, that uh, Holy Brad and Graves played together before in Tupelo. Well, uh, they didn't know they were playing with each other at this show. So, uh, Holy Brad got done playing. Uh, Marky, Ramon, and them got done playing. So we're all hanging out after the show. So I had Aaron. Uh, Aaron was talking about how great the show was. And Michael came up to me talking. And Aaron just stopped. The singer Holy Bread Aaron stopped what he was saying. He, had, he, he was just staring at the guy for a second. He said, hey, are you Michael Graves? <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were playing. You know, and then, he had to t- and then we had to explain that he was sing- singing for uh, Marky Ramon's band at the time. You know, so. But I mean. Well- was Go Michael ahead. wearing his wig too? Yes. Okay. Well, because you know uh, his wig is just—he attaches it to the top of his head. You know, I don't know how he does it. He just gets these long braids attached to his hair, so it looks like he has long hair. Gorilla glue. Yes, uh, sadly, probably. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of—I don't know. It's kind of like it was a. I don't know. It's hard to explain how it looked like. I've never seen hair like that before. The closest I've seen was probably. The 2002, actually, you know, he had all his. Uh, oh yeah, the legs, dreads. You know? Yeah, attached or whatever. It was, it was weird like that. His hair was just. But Michael's only attached in like the form of a mohawk, kind of, you know, on the top of his head. Less to glue on. Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> but oh, you know, but I mean, it was a. Uh, I remember after that show, though, like uh, it got positive reviews. It was real positive. It was uh, like I said, it was the least. I mean, it was it was very successful, dude. And then. I remember after doing that show, um, that's what immediately got me thinking to uh, looking ahead, you know, like, what can I do next year? You know, like, how can I keep this going? You know, what what's the theme for next year? 
And um, and that's kind of how uh, that this show right here is what really led us to getting to uh, the first annual Minerva Music Fest. Before before we go, I've got a couple more questions in that vein. Before yeah. we go that far, uh, can we talk about something that I don't know if a lot of a whole week, Brad? I haven't really heard anybody talk about this before. What Will Frazier is like in real life compared to the other two? I don't know, dude. He's just like uh, he's always just a real fun, like chill dude. You know what I mean? Like, uh, do you remember what he was wearing when we got to the Alabama show that we talked about in the first episode? No, what was he wearing? Okay. He was wearing khaki pants and a button-up shirt. He had on glasses, and he had his dreadlocks pulled back in a ponytail. You remember that? And he was sitting in the corner reading a book while we were smoking a blunt. Uh, well, while we were hanging out with Aaron and uh, Mr. White folks. Mr. White folks. <laughs> People are listening to but. What kind of name is that, Mister White folks? <laughs> he's he a, had to be there. Yeah, he, he was. He called himself Mister White folks because he was a black Republican. That huh. uh, and, it, and it's just something you don't really see, I guess, at the time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he was a big. Uh, I guess he was a big like Bush supporter. Hmm. Or uh, hold on, when did Obama become president? Was it two thousand eight? Okay, so let's think about this. There was Bush was two thousand and two thousand and yeah because he had four. two terms. And then two thousand so, yeah. yeah, oh, I well, think it was so, two thousand eight. Yeah, so I know he was a big. I know uh, during the show, you know, he would make uh, he would just make these like funny. It was like kind of like a comedy show too. You know what I mean? Like with uh, Mr. White folks and stuff. But uh, yeah, I know. He, I know that was his big thing. You know, he was like a. It was a Republican, you know, so that's why I like, kind of got his name, Mr. White Folks, with it. But, uh, yeah, Will, Fra- Will Frazier, though, man, like, I know what you're talking about now, though. Like, uh, was that in Alabama, you said? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he was, uh, yeah, he <laughs> he's definitely different, man. Like, he, he cracks me up because he would dress all nice, have his hair pulled back in a ponytail, sit there <laughs> and read a book, you know, with his. <laughs> yeah, he was reading a book when we came back to the. You know, like, just flipping through the pages. Yeah, dude, he's a. Uh, He's a trip, man. Like, uh, and then he changes clothes and puts on ripped up jeans and a t shirt. <laughs> like he's and he folded. It. I remember watching him get ready for the show, and he's like folding everything real nicely and putting it back in his suitcase and everything. And then he takes out these perfectly folded clothes, and it's just like a pair of ripped up jeans. <laughs> and uh, I forget what t shirt he was wearing, but he was definitely a t shirt. And, uh, but yeah, it cracked, that just, that, that kind of cracked me up that little peek into, uh, real life. Cause the other two, Aaron and, uh, Mr. White folks, they, they are very much, at least in my experience backstage, what you got on stage. Yeah. Uh, Will Frazier was not. <laughs> He's a man of many faces, bro. Like he just, uh. No, that it. doesn't make him unlikable or anything. No, but he's awesome, dude. Like, uh, I, I, I love him, man. He's, he cracks, he, he's a fun dude to be around. He's one of my favorite guys to hang out with when I bring him into town. Was everybody in Whole Wheat Bread able-bodied at the St. Paddy's Day show? Yes. Okay, so uh, that's a nice fucking change of pace. Nobody yeah, throws your shot. Take it. Oh, what's that? 
Oh, oh we just got an Eddie Money Bomb. <laughs> My what? Alexa started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, did Take you hear me that? Home tonight. I don't... My wife does this, man. Like, uh, like when I'm like in the shower or whatever, I'll be listening to some music. But then the song would change out of nowhere. It would be like, what the hell is this? I'm going to listen to this. Like, <laughs> so she just threw Eddie money at me uh, while I was doing this podcast. I think that's her way of telling us to wrap it up and take it home. So I got a couple more questions and then we'll take it home tonight. Uh, uh, were you Were you approached at this show by the man who would help you make Minerva happen? Or was it later? I don't want to say his name because I don't have a very positive opinion of the fucker, so I'm not going to say his name. But Uh, you can if you want to. No, I'm going to. Dude, last time I had any dealings with this guy, uh, he was trying to sue me. And uh, oh wow, I fucking imagine that. Yeah, so I had like uh, uh, the old mayor Tupelo. He took care of it for me because you know he was an attorney. So uh, I had to squash immediately, but. It was just scare tactics, but now uh, it was shortly after that, man. Uh, because you know, it was a lot of buzz about the show, and then you know, obviously, the question everybody asked, "Well, we're going to do another one next year? Is it going to be another one next year?" And uh, that question right there, at leaving the event, kind of it just lingered in my head for like a long time. You know, it was in there for months, and I just, you know, and then the job I had at the time, I remember I would sit there and just think about, you know, like what's some ideas we could do here? Uh, you know, you're talking about a guest host and all that. Well, that's where, uh, like, that's where all these ideas started coming in, man. I had a, I pretty much had like the, a lot. My idea, the direction I wanted to go, you know, within a couple months after this uh, festival, after this uh, St. Patty's Day show, and then that's where we kind of transitioned to the Minerva Music Fest. Did you ever have the idea to let Dwayne be the host? I probably would now. <laughs> I probably would now, man, but uh at the, you know, at the time, no I was uh always wanting to get like some sort of a of a celebrity host, you know what I mean, that uh people like our age would know who it is, you know what I mean? So yeah. Was Dwayne at the St. Patty's Day show? No, he's not uh, his scene's not the he's not real big into like the punk mm. scene, you know, so uh That's he came to he came to like all the good time Charlie type shows, you know, but he would never yeah. go. I don't think he came to any of like uh business theme or uh, he, he was in the wheat bread. I know that he might've been at the show. I don't know if he was or not, dude. I know I met him at like that, uh, at a drowning pool show I did. So okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if this was before drowning pool or after. I can't. We need to talk about drowning pools sometime. Cause that show, I don't want to give too much away without, doing an episode on it but real soon I, I really hope we get to talk about drowning pool yeah we'll do drowning pool dude i'm uh i think that'll be a good one to do uh you know we'll get minerva knocked out and then we'll go into doing some drowning pool show but uh but yeah this uh but you know like uh originally though with this uh with this festival though like well you know like uh, the next year i was wanting to do another saint patty's day type thing but i think it was like the the timing of the event and everything, you know, that's what made me change it to Minerva, you know, because, uh, you know, like St. Patty's Day was really pre-Minerva, you know, it was going to be my, it was going to be part one of the three festivals I did, you know, 
And that would, and it was just like I said, it was just a very small scale. It's just something to make do to make it, uh, you know, to bring heads in the door, you know, and just any any ideas I can get in there, you know, to make this event more appealing to uh, audience, you know, that's what I would do, you know, like we need more music, we need all day, we need activities, you know, like just anything, you know, we're just uh, we're gonna make this event as fun as possible, you know. If the Tupelo music scene wasn't dead. Uh, I know you've already told me you'd never do another fucking Minerva. Would you ever do another St. Patty's Day show? And you're at your age, the way your life is now. If the music scene, like I get the music scene is dead. It's not what it was in 2009. But if it was, would you see yourself doing that again? The St. Patty's Day Festival in this day and age? Ugh. I mean, it would really depend on um, who's involved with it, you know. Like, uh, if it's someone like if it's someone like Bam Margera involved, absolutely not. I would not do nothing ever <laughs> again like that. Uh, it's just strictly it's just just because, man. Like, I'm about to be 35. Um, I've got three kids. I've got a wife, and uh, with what some of these people require, dude the crap that they need and all that, you know, it's just, that's something for, uh, someone like me to be involved with, you know, like, even at a smaller scale show, like the St. Patty's day one. But dude, the only way that I'd probably ever do a show again, you know, it would have to be something personally for me, you know, like that I would absolutely want to see in my town, you know, like slash like, miles Kennedy. I got you. Yeah. So I was going to say, somebody, <laughs> it, it, was, it was gonna be uh for me do it would be like, I would probably do another show like if it was something like Sum 41 or something, you know, something like that. But like, you know, it was just that. That's what, because that's the reason why I started doing shows in the first place, dude, is because none of the bands I like were coming to town. And that's the reason why I do these shows, just to see the bands that I want to see live. You should book Guns N' Roses to come back to South Haven again and put that show on. Then when they get there and the show comes in, they meet the promoter. Man, what's up, fuckers? <laughs> Hey Fernando, come on in. Let's talk about getting you paid, bud. <laughs> Dude, uh, they would have me up. <laughs> Dude, that, that would be hilarious, though. Like, uh, no, but that would be like a, uh, you know, with these shows right here, man. They're like just they're so expensive, man. They're like they cost a fortune to do. You know, some of these artists, dude, are making like bank on them. You know, and mm-hmm. they want you know, so you don't have to pay them up front, regardless. You know, like. They want their money in advance, so I mean, it's just it's a there's a lot of challenges to do these shows, you know. Like, and we'll get into the especially Minerva too, dude. That was the bigger challenge, but we'll get into all those stories. So we'll get to, but uh, but I mean, there's ways to do it, you know. I mean, to pull off shows like this, you know, you just gotta get real creative with it. Yeah. What uh, what do you want to talk about next week? Uh, do, do we, we want to? Do we want to decide that on air, or do we want to talk about it off air together and figure it we'll out? We'll decide there. it off air. All right. Then that's going to do it for this week's edition of Band. We hope you enjoyed it. Did you go to the St. Fatty, Patty's Day Festival? Saint, I almost said St. Fatty's Day. That's 420, <laughs> not, not uh, March 17th. Uh, May, just, yeah, March 17th. And there is video. Uh, there is only like two videos that exist from this whole show. And... Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's uh, Marky Ramos Blitz Creek playing like Poison Heart and uh, some other song. I can't remember, but it was uh, that was, those are the only two videos I have from the show that I've ever seen. Did Joan Red play this show? 
Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. We need to do an episode about Joan Red. I uh, want to do a documentary about Joan Red, but I can't get in touch with anybody. So if anybody out there is listening to the podcast, uh, hit me up. Let's talk some Red. <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm I'm friends with a few other guys in the band, but uh, I'll send you their information. Yeah, please do. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Almost Against Radio Band. The Real Life Misadventures of Rick Dunsford and Friends. We hope you enjoyed this. Were you at the show? If you were, let us know. Tell us your experience. And uh, we may even share it in a uh, future episode. That would be really cool. And uh, we'll come back next week. We'll be talking about an all-new adventure. And until then, I'm Dustin Bones. And I'm Rick. Good night, everybody. Deuces. Have a good time. Don't drink and drive.